This program is brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland. This is the Career Insights Podcast with Katie Baker, brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland Careers and Employability Team. Hi, thanks. I'm Matt Katie Baker, Industry Relationships Consultant with the USQ Careers and Employability Team. My role in a nutshell is to connect industry with our USQ students, and this is the show where you get to hear about all things careers and employability and how we can help you to realise your career goals. Each week I'll be having career conversations with experts, industry and USQ alumnus to build your awareness, break down barriers and gain their insights into life after university and what you should be doing now to build your employability to make sure you are the most employable you can be. Graduate and vacation programs are open and my guests today will be discussing tips, tricks and much more. And today I'm joined by Alex Tyrrell, National Account Manager for Grad Connection. Hi Alex. Hi Katie, how are you? Yeah, thank, well thank you. Thanks for joining me today on Career Insights. Um, really appreciate your time. Firstly, can you just tell us a little bit about what is Grad Connections? Sure thing. I'm really happy to be here. Um, Grad Connection is uh, Australia's largest student and uh, graduate jobs board. So we are part of the SEEK network and um, we have around 350 uh, or more top employers that we work with and um, they have at the moment over 450 of graduate and internship roles on our site. So we work predominantly with students and grads and um, from all different types of industries. So anything from mining to banking to technology, health, education, government, and all that sort of thing. Um, an interesting story about how we started, we actually started by a group of graduates back in 2008. Um, they got together and realised that it was really difficult for them to find all graduate jobs in one place uh, and actually work out when they needed to apply. So they've created this amazing uh, I guess, centralised hub that students can use to get all of their information um, and to do research on employers as well. And fast forward 10 years, um, late or early last year, we were acquired by SEEK. So uh, it's really exciting news and I really love working there. Um, great, to, great to work with the future talent of the country. So I'm excited to be here. So you obviously work with students and companies. So who are some of your companies that you like that you work with? So you mentioned 350. Um, who are some of your top employers? Yeah, there's there's lots of them. So um, we the top employer, as voted by graduates from the site this year, was Deloitte. Um, we also work with DXC Technology, PwC, uh, Westpac, Accenture. Um, Quantium, Aldi, most of the large employers and anyone that takes graduates and interns is likely to be on the site. So it could be anything. So for a student, um, whether they're looking to graduate or even go into a vacation program, how do they join up with Grad Connections there? Uh, So they just jump on the site. It's um, au.gradconnection.com and students can sign up and register and then they just put in what they're studying, what year they're going to graduate, and we send them alerts when relevant opportunities are opening and closing. So it just makes their lives a little bit easier. 
Um, Because it can be quite tough to keep track of when all of the companies they want to apply for are opening and closing. Oh, it's we hope to make it easier. And it is um, quite, you know, as you said, to keep track of because at the moment, grad and vacation programs are now open for 2020-2021. So students really need to be aware, don't they, of when they need to be applying for things. Because it's it's pretty well like 10 months in advance, isn't it there, Alex? Absolutely. And it, it can be really tough because, I mean, we have we have roles open all year round. But as you say, Katie, it is February, March, April is the peak time. And you're thinking so far in advance and trying to keep track of everything um, can be really tough. And I think uh, one of the tricks that um, that I've heard a lot of students do is to actually have their own um, either Excel spreadsheet or something like that, that they can keep track of where they are in the application process for each um, type of role. Um, so when someone calls them up and says, oh, hello, it's um, Alex from, say, PwC, they can see when they've applied for that and what type of role it is. Um, so it's easy to keep track. So it sounds like a job assignment. Um, sorry, a uni assignment <laughs> in itself. <laughs> It can be. We've we've tried to make it a bit easy. We've got a calendar on the site as well that sort of helps students to be able to find out when things are opening and closing. But you're absolutely right. Some great Excel skills are pretty important when you're keeping track of all these things. And so what are the time frames? So essentially, as you said, some grad programs are open now, some might open a little bit later. What are the time frames um, that an application is open for around? So applications, it really depends on the employer, um, but a lot of employers will open from between three weeks to six weeks, yep. um, some longer, some shorter. Um, and then it really depends on the employer again as to when you're expecting to hear back from them. You can actually go into either their Grad Connection profile or their page and have a look at what uh, what they say their timeframes are going to be. Oh. So they might say, okay, um, you'll apply now. The first you'll hear from us will be in a month's time. Then we'll send you testing. Then we'll send you, you know, all of the rest of the process. So you can kind of manage your timings around that. Um, and as far as I wasn't sure where also, Katie, whether you were talking about the timeframes for how long they would be in the programs. So, oh, I think I was looking more at the application process sure. of a timeframe. So, you know, is it, yeah. um, you know, they're open for a month and then they may not hear sort of that sort of time frame. But, well, as you mentioned, how often are these programs as well? Like if they make it to a vacation program or a graduate program, how long do they run for? Yeah, again, it's really based on the employer. Generally, it's about either a year or two years um, and some are on contract and some are full-time, so you become an immediate um an ongoing member of the team. So it's really sort of worthwhile having a look at that before you're applying so you kind of know what's, um, what you're in for. And so these companies that you work with, um, are they looking for diversity? So our, um, like a lot of students come from a variety of backgrounds, do, are they looking for diversity and how do you, do you have any tips on how to stand out in that application? For sure. I think um, they're probably both, fairly different there. So diversity is something that employers are really committed to. And I think that uh, the generation now is really expecting 
diversity in the workplace, as diverse as everyday life. Um, so it really doesn't matter what sort of background you're from. Uh, there are also some affirmative measures programs at some employers. So if you're an Indigenous student um, or in a student that identifies with a, uh, as having a disability, um, then you can look for some affirmative measures programs. Uh, but really, you know, it's it doesn't matter what background you're from or uh, what you know what your aspirations are. There's a place for you in most grad programs, and they are really committed to that. To that, a lot of the employers. And so, what happens if you don't hear? Like they give you timeframes. What happens next? Is is there a next or can you reapply, things like that? Or is it pretty well you don't get through or you do get through and that's sort of it then? It can be really hard because I think um, that some employers will get thousands and thousands of applications. Uh, they do try and get back to you uh, as a student one way or the other. Um, you can absolutely follow up with the employer, obviously in a very professional manner um, to ask where your application is sitting. Uh, if you don't hear back and you want to apply the following year, there's absolutely no reason why you can't. Um, the other thing that's quite useful is Whirlpool, which is a, um, it's like a chat forum that you can have a look on and see and ask if anyone else has heard back um, or even connect directly with some of the employers. So that's always quite a good place to, to kind of check. Uh, and see how you're going. And I love to say you mentioned about professionalism there because the next guest we have on is talking about some do's and don'ts in applying for grad programs, so stay tuned for that. Um, <laughs> but before we get to Kelly, um, Alex, just what you've said about what Grad Connection is, how students can um, sign up and look and chase down different grad and vacation programs has been great. And it sounds like, you know, you just need to go and put your hat in the ring and because um, you never sort of know what employers are looking for. Yeah, exactly. And most employers will uh, have, they'll have criteria on there, but most of that's just, they, they know that you haven't necessarily had work experience before. So they're not expecting you to have five, 10 years of work experience because they know that's not possible. It's really about the skills that you're bringing from what you've learned at university, what student clubs you've been at, uh, how you've been involved and how you can then articulate that in the process. So um, just sort of get involved at uni and, and make the most of that and, and, when, and put your best foot forward when you're going for these opportunities and, I guess, do some research and make sure that that's right for you. Excellent. Well, Alex um, from Grad Connections, thank you so much for joining me today. It is really appreciated. Um, have fun out on that uni circuit and um, and we'll catch up with you soon. Excellent. Thanks a lot, Katie. Good luck, everyone. Thank you. Stay with me here on Career Insights as my next guest has written a great article on securing a graduate role. Tips on what not to do. Hey, Katie, how are you? Good, Kel. How are you? Sorry. Not bad, thank you. <laughs> That's good. Thanks um, for joining me on today on Career Insights. As I just mentioned before, I've asked Kelly on today's show as I read a great article that you wrote um, for the Gen U community on LinkedIn on securing a graduate role, tips on what not to do. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> Kelly, you're, you're the global talent acacquisition um, at Global, oh, yes, global talent acquisition yes. 
at GHD. It's a mouthful, right? Yeah. It, it is, sorry. <laughs> and you've been you're recruiting university students for over 13 years and obviously, yeah. no doubt, you've got some great stories to tell and that's what we're going to have a little chat about. And as Alex, um, before you, Tira was just on and she just mentioned it's grad and vacation program time. So it's quite timely that you've written this article. Um, so what are some of those? How do you go about securing a role and what should we not be doing? Sure. Um, so it's, it, as Alex sort of mentioned, it, it is sort of that peak time right now. So hopefully students actually have a good understanding of the types of companies and the types of roles um, that are available, ready for, if, particularly if they're graduating this year, they should really be looking now ready for, um, for roles that start beginning of next year. Um, the, in relation to things not to do is, um, and these are things that have um, happened in my sort of personal experience over the years, but um, receiving a lot of applications, um, particularly students have a bit of a habit of mass producing applications. So receiving applications that have the wrong company name in them, for example, is, is a really quick way to get uh, screened out of I, an employer's I, process. I have to be honest, I've done that once. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I think it's, and it's, that's the thing, right? It's very easily done. So very easy to do. And so I think it's, it's just about making sure, yeah, you are double checking everything before you send it off and, and making sure you've got the right documents for the right employer. Um, and what comes with that as well is also, you know, every employer has a slightly different process as well. So don't assume that we all do it exactly the same way. So just understanding what the difference is. Um, another thing is um, really checking any sort of, particularly written documents. If you've got, got any written sort of elements that you have to include, whether that is your resume or whether you need to respond to a question within the application form um, anything like that, just from a written perspective, make sure that you're using, um, pro you know, grammar correctly and and really thinking about how you're writing that content as well. Um, so that, because that's another quick way, particularly if the role has, a, has an element of written communication in it, they'll really be looking at that really carefully in that initial screening stage. Um, one, um, of the, one of your notes mm -hmm. here, you've said using abbreviated slang words and emojis in emails. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yes. Do people actually um, do that? Yes. Um, particularly in emails, um, they feel as though maybe not, applications, maybe not so much, but then they're following up with an email um, that is almost written as though I'm their best friend and, um, and obviously I don't know them that well yet. So, um, so it's really important. Yeah, every time, any moment that you're using written communication skills, it's just really important that you're doing that professionally and um, checking it before you uh, actually send it off as well. So spelling errors, all of those sorts of things. So yeah, and so and I think you know, and I think it's just one of those things like they get so comfortable talking, you know, between their peers and and things like that, and they've just got to remember the audience that they're actually trying to communicate with is a little bit different. And so once they've passed through the application process, they've been, um, they've been offered a job interview. What are some of the things, yeah. like you and I would both know, you turn up yeah. a good half an hour early, you check who's on the panel, et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what have you had happen with, with what people have done mm. in, in your time as in the grad yeah. recruitment space? 
Um, so I've I've had people like examples of people ringing on that morning saying you know asking if they could reschedule the interview because you know something's come up, um, which is fine in emergency situations. But some some of the examples given are just things like um, oh you know I didn't get my assignment done and I really need to get you know I I need to get that done type thing. So. Um, it's you know it's it's really from an employer's perspective when we're booking interviews it's really time consuming to book those interviews and it's not as simple as being able to just reschedule interviews um, because sometimes a lot you know we've got some senior people who are sitting in on these interviews and and they don't just have open calendars where we can just sort of rearrange some of these interview times so um, so it's yeah just. Uh, being, you know, if you get if you get an interview and you're if you can stick to it as you can, but if you can't, um, you may have to also be okay with not being interviewed at all potentially, um, because we just might not be able to um, reschedule it. Um, I have also had people just not turn up to interviews, um, so they've either not responded to communication or not sort of let us know that they're not no longer interested. Um, and so that all they've done is basically just by not turning up, they think that that is um, okay and an okay way for them to withdraw their application. So, um, so that you know that's not really good from a reputational perspective. Um, you know, and it, and if anything, it makes you stand out for you know the wrong reason. And I um, and you mentioned in your article that um, different graduate people in the talent space like yourself you actually talk to each other so yes. you know you may be talking yes. across and saying oh we've had this can oh me too so it as yeah. you just said it can be career damaging it can be absolutely and um look and while we're not sitting here obviously you know sharing candidate names with each other um it is it is something that we because you know as, even as a peer community we support each other a lot and and sometimes you know someone particularly someone who's you know maybe not as experienced might say to me oh hey this happened to me is that normal or what should I do about that and and this is just sort of how these sort of things come up in conversation and um, you know particularly depending on what city we're talking about and and obviously locally here in in Brisbane it is quite a small graduate market compared to some of the other cities so um, we do know each other quite well and and particularly if we're recruiting similar disciplines you know there's a limited candidate pool and so we do kind of um, it's quite easy to sort of um, you know, find out things um, through the course of of doing a recruitment campaign. So, um, yeah, so it is really important for students to be aware of that. So it's really about, um, you know, finding out what tips to really be doing and to definitely yeah. make sure you avoid, especially some of those ones you've talked about today, plus plenty yeah. more. Yeah, look, the only other one I'd probably really highlight because I think this one happens probably the most and that's candidates asking for extensions to deadlines after the deadline has actually already passed. So, um, and look, and in the working world, that's that's a no go as well. Um, so, in a professional sense, if you have a deadline and you know you're not going to meet that deadline, you actually reach out to the stakeholders before that deadline to renegotiate it. So, that's quite a normal practice. But um, for some reason, in the, in the recruitment process. You know, we'll, we will always, without doubt, 90% of the time, they'll email us or call us after the deadline has actually already passed, 
asking for an extension and, and that's actually the most difficult um, thing to do is because once we've reached a deadline, we've actually moved on and we, we pivot pretty quickly in a recruitment process. So well, you've got even a day later, yeah, that's right. That's right. So even a day, day later is it's just too late. We just can't do anything about it. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for those couple okay. of stories and I hope everyone out there was taking some notes there. There was one there that wasn't mentioned about mum, mum or dad ringing up that deadline. <laughs> so please don't get your parents yeah. to phone. Um, no. So definitely out of today's conversation, what stands out for recruiters is that you're looking for graduates who are professional and courteous um, and that there's a range of things to do and definitely some not to do in securing your grad role. Um, yep. Kelly Pfeffer from Global Stu- who is the sorry, Global Student Talent Acquisition at GHD, thanks for taking the time to join me today on Career Insights. Time is up and I've come to the end of the show for this week. I'd like to thank again Alex Tyrrell and Kelly Pfeffer for joining me. They had fabulous insights into the graduate and vacation programs. Um, so make sure you get out there and look into programs and how to secure those grad roles. Thank you to my producer, Byron Quayle, who's been out and about this morning with Phoenix Radio and has made it back into the studio to work with me today. Have a great week and remember to keep building your knowledge base about what you should be doing now to build your employability, to make sure you are the most employable you can be. Today's world is more competitive. Challenges are more complex. Industries more rapidly changing. Employers more demanding. You need to think bigger, act faster, work smarter. And to do it, you need to be more than skilled, more than relevant, more than qualified, more than confident, more than employable. Become more with the University of Southern Queensland, the number one uni for graduate employment in Queensland. Apply now at usq.edu.au.